Will you join me in prayer? We thank you, Lord God, that you are in our midst. Help us to hear your spirit of love speaking into our lives, infusing us with your grace and courage and kindness and peace. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God, amen. Please be seated. Now, I will have to start by saying I normally preach up over there. Um, but because of COVID, I'm going to stay over here for a few more weeks, okay, my friends? Uh, I feel very far away. You feel very far away to me. Um, but we will get there, will we not? Yeah. A big amen? Yeah. All right. Wonderful. So our gospel reading this morning is the story of the wedding at Cana. Early, early in Jesus' ministry. And if you noticed, the story has a lot of pretty funky dynamics going on. Did you notice that? You got Mary and Jesus are at the wedding. And Mary notices that something is happening that could be very difficult or very awkward. She notices that they've run out of wine. Did you notice, did you notice it says, and on the third day... They had run out of wine. Okay, well, here's the thing. They are much like New Orleans folks. A wedding lasts about a week, right? So this is the third day in, and they've already run out of wine. What are they going to do? And Mary's aware of the embarrassment that that would cause the family. She notices it. And she says to Jesus, Jesus, remember, Jesus had been entrusted to her by God, to raise him up into the man he would be. Mary played a very important role in Jesus' life. Now, are there any mamas or papas in the congregation? Okay, so we've got a few parents here. And you know how there are times, or maybe you're a big sister or a big brother, okay? And you know that there are times when you have to encourage that person whom you love to step out of the nest a little bit, to stretch, to go beyond what they may feel they're ready for because you know they're ready. Do you know what I'm talking about? So we got a little of that mama-son tension going on when she says, Jesus, they have no wine. And he says, it's really kind of rude. He says, woman, if my son ever called me woman, I do not know what i do. <laughs> woman, what has that to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But you notice Mary, she doesn't condemn him. She doesn't tell him what to do. She trusts him. She trusts the spirit of God in him to do what was needed. And she just needed to give him a nice little encouragement. So she says do, to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And it's then that that miracle occurs of turning the water, the simple water, into this abundant, rich wine that must have lasted at least another four days, probably more like 14, if God, the God I know, who is a God of abundance and deep love, sh showers us with, with abundance. Mary 
believed in him. Sometimes when you read different interpretations of this story, the interpreters get focused on something that they call the scandal of divine reluctance. The scandal of divine reluctance. Why was Jesus reluctant to do something? And we perhaps have experienced that in our own lives, in our prayers, when there's been this time when we've been praying, perhaps in the midst of pandemic, we've been praying, Lord, help us. And there is this, this space, this pause before we experience that grace of God. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's an important question. But it's not the question we're going to talk about today. We're going to save that question. Will you save it with me? Because that's an important question too, and we will get to it. But what I'd like to ex explore today is a different angle of that story. It's the, t the story of the growth and the transformation, ongoing growth, ongoing transformation of Jesus. It's not a story we hear a lot in the Gospels, and, uh, and perhaps we don't hear it often in church. I'll share a little story of when I was a, a newbie priest, and I was helping out a friend of mine who was the priest of the church. This was in New York City. And these were, this past, these were the scriptures of that Sunday. And I got up there, and I was all excited to be preaching again because I was a mom at home with my kid. I was only working a little bit, so I was just so excited, and I love this story. And I got up there, and I gave what I thought was at least a semi-decent sermon. You know, probably not the best in the world, but not the worst either, somewhere in the middle there. And I got the, in the evening, I got this email from a parishioner who said, I tremble to think that anyone believed what you just said. And I'm like, oh. You know, and I take my responsibility very seriously and humbly. So that got right at my heart. He was concerned that I was talking about the humanity of Jesus. Well, Jesus was always perfect. No. Jesus grew into who he was. Just like we, as followers of Jesus, grow into who we are as disciples of Jesus. Does that make sense? And to know that Jesus had this time in his life having to, you know, be encouraged to step into his ministry that God was calling him to, and that, yes, the moment is now when we see need even if we don't feel fully capable, the moment is now to try to trust that what we need to care for, whatever it is that is in need, that God provides those gifts to do the work. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? Should we keep going or do you want to go a different direction? <laughs> we'll keep going this way? Okay, we'll keep going this way. So. Did you hear in our letter reading, in our epistle from Corinthians, about how we all have these different gifts? Did you notice that giftedness? So, the foundation, my friends, the foundation of everything is God's love. Have you seen that, that poster of Bishop Curry? If it's not about love, it's not about God. The foundation is God's love, and the foundation is God's delight in you. And look around at your brothers and sisters of St. Augustine's. 
Just look around at you all. God delights in you. God delights in the person next to you. God delights even with your grumpy neighbor down the street. God delights in those people we disagree with. God delights in all of us. And as we begin to notice that and allow that to change the way we see, it changes us. So you, my brothers and sisters of St. Augustine, are people in whom God holds great delight and joy and hope. God is just head over heels crazy in love with you. Crazy in love with you. You are God's delight. And we are filled with spiritual gifts. So I cannot wait as we begin this journey together to get to know who you are as beloved people of God and all the gifts that God has just placed in you that you have. So you might be a little hesitant, just like Jesus, to step out with some of those gifts that you have, or maybe they aren't fully developed yet. Maybe you're just starting out in it. Have courage. This is the best place in the entire world to start using some of your gifts that maybe you haven't developed yet, whatever those are. And so let's make space for each other. Can we do that this year and in the years moving forward? to really encourage one another to step out with that love of God, to step out with those gifts that you have, to share them with your community here, to share them with the city of, New, of, of Metairie, the city of New Orleans, the, the state of Louisiana, our country, the world. It is astounding the way that God can flow through us. Here's the thing, and you might love me for this or I might drive you crazy. Both are fine. You have these gifts, and part of my work in, in, in pastoring with you, walking alongside you, walking alongside each other, is to support you in the growth of those gifts, in your service of ministry, in your service of love. I'd like to share with you a poem. It comes from Marianne Williamson. Sometimes it's attributed to uh, Nelson Mandela, uh, but it actually comes from Marianne Williamson. And it says this. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in 
everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Powerful words, are they not? So as we begin this journey together, as I join your journey, I'm the newbie, right? As we begin this journey together, may we notice. May we notice where there is need. May we notice where we have gift, where we can attend to need. May we notice the delight that God holds for each one of us. May we notice when we look in our own mirrors, not that we have terrible bedhead, but that we see the love of God shining into our eyes and hearts and remember who we are, beloved. And may we support one another in this good growth. Because glory to God, in the words of St. Paul, glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we could ever ask or imagine. My brothers and sisters of St. Paul, of, of St. Augustine's, that was St. Paul's words, of St. Augustine's, um, you are radiant. Notice that, celebrate that, and may we support one another into living into that ever more fully. In the name of our loving, liberating, life-giving God, amen.